This is Long Story Short from the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. I'm Ebong Udama. Emails revealed the extent of influence in school construction projects in Connecticut. So you had, a, in effect, a state employee, Michael Sanders, overseeing the bidding or lack of bidding on asbestos abatement on municipal school projects. That's Dave Altamari, an in-depth investigative reporter for the Connecticut Mirror. He'll give us a behind-the-scenes look at how emails and other documents obtained through Freedom of Information show how a state employee pushed to award contracts to two hazmat companies. From Greenwich to Groton, Massapequa to Montauk, and everywhere in between, the WSHU podcast, After All Things, has got you covered with news and culture from Connecticut and Long Island in less than 15 minutes. Hosted by me, Sabrina Garone. So from Fire Island to Fairfield and West Hampton to Westport, listen to After All Things weeknights wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Dave. Why did you and fellow Connecticut Mirror investigative reporter, Andrew Brown, decide to seek these emails, especially after state construction manager Costas Diamantis was fired by Governor Lamont's administration? So Mike Sanders was the guy that that ran what was known as the state's emergency hazardous hazmat contract for years. And we had written a story that showed how all those contracts, 98% of them went to these two companies, uh, AAIS out of West Haven and Best Tech out of Ellington. And so uh, we already knew that he was heavily involved in that kind of thing and that he was on on Costa's uh, school's construction grant team and that these two companies had showed up on a couple of projects that we had written about in Bristol and Groton. So we decided to FOI Sanders's emails going back five years, which was um, a little bit before he joined Costa's team until December um, of 2021 uh, when he died. Mike Sanders was the, the, the asbestos expert in the state. And he, he was in charge of all state asbestos removal from all state buildings. Yes. But he wasn't, he wasn't in charge of, of school construction. He was on Costa's team, and what they did is they took the hazmat, the asbestos abatement program, and they basically transferred it to municipal projects. So you had, a, in effect, a state employee, Michael Sanders, overseeing the bidding or lack of bidding on asbestos abatement on municipal school projects. And they called this their new initiative, and they wanted all school building committees to basically not put these contracts out to bid, but to hire one of those two companies, AIS or Best Tech. And several school building committees did just that. Um, There were over $12 million, at least, in asbestos abatement contracts that were handed out to these two companies without any bids. Uh, some fought back and questioned the questioned the policy and ultimately did not hire either of those two, but went with someone that was the low bidder for their project. Now, let's talk a little bit about Saunders. 
because he was a controversial figure. However, shortly after the scandal broke, he died. What happened? He died less than two months after the feds issued a subpoena to the Department of Administrative Services seeking a bunch of records involving school contracts, as well as records involving AIS and Best Tech. He died of a apparent drug overdose, um, literally in a driveway of a home in uh, a house in Old Saybrook of a friend of his. Uh, he lived in Old Lyme. And we don't know if the, he was ever interviewed by the federal authorities or what. He was a longtime state employee and by all accounts, a as Costa himself called him, a brainiac when it came to asbestos abatement and pretty much had that program all to himself uh, and ran it for 20 years until he joined Costa's team and then it transferred over to Costa's team. Now, what did those emails show you as far as what Saunders was doing? A couple things. A, it showed that, uh, as Costa referred to it, this initiative that the school, municipal school contracts, that all these municipalities were getting money from the state for we're getting significant amount of funding for the, from the state to do their new schools. So they were beholden to Costa because they needed Costa to sign off on their projects. So if, if they were told you're going to hire AIS to do the asbestos abatement and you're not going to go out to bid, that's what they did. Now, the interesting thing is the state's take on this whole thing has been in effect to blame the dead guy. DAS and the audits that they've done, they've basically said this was Mike Sanders ran this and it was Mike Sanders. What the emails show is that it's clear that Diamantes himself was obviously aware of what Sanders was doing, but that if higher ups at DAS had wanted to know what he was doing, they were clearly could have been aware of it. And that, as Costa said in the story, this was not a secret, this initiative where they were going to try to push the state contract onto the municipal schools. It, it was not something that people should not have been aware of if they so chose to be. So the idea that, you know, the dead guy did it all did not sit well with his family. And the emails show that that wasn't the case, that there were people higher up at DAS and at the state level who clearly, if they wanted to, could have known exactly what was going on here. Diamantis is still being investigated. He hasn't been charged with anything yet. What's going on there? Good question. Don't know. You're correct. Uh, he has not been charged with anything. We do know that the, the, the grand jury that's been sitting since uh, at least October of 2020 did has been issuing subpoenas right along. There was a, the last subpoena they issued was October 4th. So it's clearly still an investigation that's ongoing. It's not over with. And they clearly are also focused on Costa to some ex extent because in the subpoenas that we've gotten since then, they have redacted everybody's name but Costa's. They aren't hiding the fact that they're investigating him and this program amongst other things. So more to come. I believe so. I would think if nothing else that this story lays out how widespread this quote-unquote initiative was. And there were a significant number of municipal asbestos abatement contracts that were never put out to bid. And that is against state regulations. 
and that a, sta a state employee was in effect telling municipalities what to do. So there's a couple different issues that I think are still, still need to be investigated. I guess I'll leave it at that. Well, thank you so much, Dave. Long Story Short is hosted by me, Ebon Udana, and produced by Molly Ingram. Harriet Jones is our editor. WSHU's Alicia Dodario and the Connecticut Mirror's Gabby DiBenedictis are our digital team. This podcast is a collaboration between the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. We go behind the scenes at the home of public policy journalism in Connecticut. More can be found online at ctmirror.org and wshu.org. Our episodes can be found wherever you get your podcasts.